Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8, contains some of the most practical and some of the most superlative, glorious realities in the world. And the relationship between the two is the one thing I want us to focus on in this session. Father, I pray that you will help us to be appropriately amazed at what massive and glorious realities you put underneath to support our daily practical lives. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is, in fact, a great Christmas text, but it relates to everything in the Christian life. Here's what I want you to see. Ordinarily, at least in my mind, what supports something else would tend to be lesser and the aim and the purpose and the supported thing would be the greater. Now, that in the New Testament is reversed over and over again. And the great thing is here and the, the simple, uh, practical outcome is here. And that's what we're going to see here. God may be here. <laughs> and you may be here. Or the cross may be here. And your forgiveness may be here. Or the incarnation or Christmas may be here. And your humility may be here. Isn't that amazing? At least in my mind, I have to constantly remind myself that the, the main point of a text, that to which everything else, everything else is pointing, isn't necessarily the greatest thing in the text. But the great thing in the text might be brought in as a ground or a support or an argument for something far less great but important, and beautiful. So let's, let's read the text and see this happen. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So there is the simple, wonderful, practical goal of this text. Don't, don't do anything from rivalry or conceit. Rather, have humility and regard others as more significant than yourselves and thus worthy of your service. For example, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Be, be a person for others. Live for others and not yourself. Now, how would you support that? How would you model that? How would you empower and enable that? 
Oh, look at this. So here we have Christmas. Here we have the greatest reality in the world. Have this mind, this mind right here, what I just described, that mindset of, of lowliness and service and other orientation. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, a servant, that's what this was, take thought for the interests of others, regard others as more significant, be the servant of others, or don't, he didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped, just like we are to count others more significant than ourselves. There's some great regarding and counting going on. Being born in the likeness of men. There's Christmas, right? It's the incarnation. Being born in the likeness of men. Being found in human form. He humbled in humility count others more significant than yourselves. He humbled himself by becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross. So I, I circled all those so that you could see the descent of humility and service. One, he was in the form of God. Two, his mind at that point was not to grasp it. Like, I've got to keep this. I've got to keep this glory. I've got to keep all this power. I've, I can't let any outward forms of my deity go. No, no. He said no. And he emptied himself. And he took the, the manifold form of a servant. Everything about his life was other-oriented, serving other People And then he was in that bent towards servanthood. He became a man, a human being. And the reason, by the way, it says likeness here, lest you think he wasn't a real man, is because, I think, of what Paul says here in Romans 8.3. God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He was real flesh, but he wasn't like us in that he was sinful. And so when it says he was born in the likeness of men, it means real man, but not real sinful man. And being found in human form... I won't, I won't give that another number because that's being born in the likeness of men. Now he's in human form, being found there. He humbles himself. So he didn't just, his humility didn't end here. As soon as he becomes man, he didn't start strutting. He humbled himself as man and became obedient. His whole life was one of obedience to the Father, and that obedience led him to death for us, and it was the worst kind of death there was. So down, 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 ninefold 
down from the form of God to the most grisly, shaming death imaginable. Why? Why? So if, if that's this, this is this. He did it so that we would do nothing from rivalry or conceit. He did it so that we would count others more significant than ourselves. He did it so that we wouldn't just get up in the morning and think about our own interests, but the interests of others. And that is astonishing, that all of this, this glorious reality here is in the service of this practical, simple, beautiful human reality of love and humility and service. Amazing.